0: This is Cisco Chat Podcast. Each episode features Cisco experts discussing the latest technology topics from around the globe. As always, check out the show notes for links to more on today's topic. All right, welcome everybody. It is time for another Cisco Chat. If you have never joined us before, this is your access to some experts. And thank gosh, it's not me that's here as the expert expert. I've got a gentleman here, Samanth, who is... Now, Samanth, I want to make sure I get your title correct. We're here talking about SD-WAN, which Cisco has made a uh, ton of advancement in recently. We've made some big announcements. We're going to get into those details. We encourage everybody watching to ask questions, because that's really what Cisco chat's about. We're not doing a PowerPoint presentation and such, but Samanth, you are particularly well-qualified to speak to what we've accomplished, especially over the last year. Uh, do you mind describing uh, your role and, uh, and what you're responsible for?
1: Hey folks, I'm Suman Kakraparti. I'm director of product management for Cisco SD-WAN. Uh, I'm responsible for uh, Cisco SD-WAN product management, uh, driving uh, Cisco's integration, repellent integration into iOS XE, driving the application quality of experience uh, charter
0: and also the security charter for Cisco SD-WAN. So I know, you know, so you know, uh, my name is Rob. I don't think I even said who I am. But so I, I work with TechWise TV and we, we talk to a lot of customers and partners and, and certainly employees. And so everybody has been wondering and pushing on us to come out with details and actual code for taking the Viptela acquisition that we made in 2017 and everything that they were wonderfully doing uh, with SD-WAN, because that's just been, uh, you know, technology at a feverish pitch and we have finally made a big announcement. Do you mind walking us through what has been our big announcement for SD-WAN uh, and our progress there?
1: So, we recently announced uh, the integration of Wiptela uh, software into IOS XE. So, that gives access to Cisco SD-WAN for millions of uh, ISR routers out there.
0: And that's a big deal because before, you know, it was, it was a parallel network. Uh, talk to me a little bit, you know, just to make sure we're level setting. For anybody that's watching this that is not familiar with SD-WAN, we're talking software-defined wide area network, which differs from really how we've been doing network and how Cisco as a company even. I mean, that's been our bread and butter uh, for so long and now we're talking about taking those capabilities and we could do it uh, to a certain extent before but not near as elegantly as we can now do uh, thanks to what these guys at Viptela have taken uh, but it's a combination of our excellence from a hardware perspective and, their, um, uh, and what they've been able to create and prove in the market with their software but for anybody that's not familiar with software defined WAN and the benefits to why everybody is so excited about this and why it's such a hot market can you explain just kind of the the, uh, the the beginning level, if you will, of what it is that's being offered here?
1: Sure, so let, let me give you some context here, Rob. Uh, when Cisco acquired Riptala, it's not just, uh, we, we looked at multiple uh, sd companies, and at this time, uh, Cisco has its own uh, SD-WAN uh, uh, um, capabilities too. So for us, when we looked at Riptala, one thing really struck us, right? In the software-defined world, it, is, it brings the sophistication that is needed for uh, so complex networks. At the same time, it keeps its simplicity. So yeah. that's one thing that stuck to us when we actually looked at Viptela. And then doing this in a simple cloud-delivered fashion and doing it at scale is something that uniquely differentiates Cisco Viptela from any other sd vendor set. So that is, that's one of the key for us in terms of, okay, hey, uh, uh, acquiring uh, Cisco uh, Viptela. and then the aspects is for from in terms of going to like okay, what SD WAN means to uh, different customers. So we have different uh, different sectors. Like if if you look at a retail sector, they look at SD WAN more for capacity optimization and leveraging extra bandwidth. When we look, we have customers from financial sector, they deploy Cisco SD-WAN uh, to get better SLAs for their applications. Then we have multinational companies which are actually deploying Cisco SD-WAN. For them, they look, at the, they look at the value as segmentation scale that they can bring to their network. So as a whole, SD-WAN can provide multiple benefits to that. But definitely, depending upon which sector you are referring to, it could actually mean a different set of use cases.
0: So, I, I hope you don't mind me asking this question because I'm, I, as I as we look at sure. what you know, we've both been at Cisco for you know, you already. Mind, okay, I'll stop there. No, so so the idea that you know Cisco is all in on this is interesting to me because obviously, as I as I mentioned earlier, you know, Cisco has been a routing company. You know, we first were to routing, and then we got into switching, and then we've gotten into everything else since then. Um, you know, because there's so many complementary things that go along with it from a networking perspective, but this really does fundamentally change the game. Um, and really, it's a matter, it feels like it's a matter of we have to get into this because it's the right thing for customers, it's the right thing for us, but it does represent kind of a change from what we've historically been doing. You're, you feel like this is a good thing, and now we can do it where customers don't even have to feel the transition. We've made it easy for them.
1: Uh, absolutely, right. So the, the transition is going to happen. And quite frankly, it's going to happen uh, uh, whether Cisco wants to adopt it or not. So for us, when we looked at it, we saw this transition in terms of, hey, our workloads are migrating. They're moving from your data center to the cloud in a hybrid cloud architecture. So to address these transitions, the way how we actually define and define a WAN architecture has to be fundamentally different. Yeah. And to actually achieve that, you need to. You cannot just patch one after the other. You need to actually build it up, uh, bottoms up, right? So that's really the value that Webuller brings in by abstracting the control plane out, and by by the very means of abstracting the control plane out, it actually tremendously simplifies the van architecture. Mm. We saw that as a key transformation, and if we looked at even when we are doing our acquisition. When we looked at the future evolution of these use cases, given the growth with IoT, given the number of devices that are coming from endpoints, given where workloads are migrating, you need an architecture which is actually built bottoms up in terms of centralizing the control plane logic and how it can fundamentally simplify the WAN architecture as a whole.
0: Yeah, you know, the, the simplification that you mentioned because and the way it scales, we've had customers, we've already deployed quite a bit with customers. It's not as if we just rolled, even though the codes officially come out with general availability, uh, we've been working with this stuff for a while. How big are customers getting with this kind of scale when you talk scale? What what kind of numbers are we seeing? Because it's, it's a lot easier to do than it's ever been before, too. So...
1: At the highest end, we are looking at customers uh, deploying this in, uh, in thousands of sites. Uh, in fact, we have multiple customers who are uh, more than uh, five five to in the five to ten thousand range. Branch
0: deployment, five to ten thousand. Wow. Okay. For, and, for and a single
1: for a single for a single deployment, right? For like a so single for,
0: management instance with a
1: single management instance with a single uh, network with a single policy, right?
0: okay i want to remind everybody that's watching with us here is it i'm looking for questions to come in guys i've got some here that were kind of sent in as i was talking about this uh coming up to this and so i thought we'd start with these and then we'll see what kind of comes in but i just want to tell the audience if you're watching on i think we're on facebook youtube uh who knows uh what else um you know please send in your questions this is a this is a kind of a cool opportunity to uh, to learn from samanth um so one question that came in here is this um Okay, moving to SD WAN is supposed to be simple. But what about a customer that's looking at a greenfield opportunity? Um, what do you recommend in terms of deployment and provisioning in that instance? An existing network, but they're adding new sites. It sounds like.
1: Sure. So uh, I, wa- I want to give you a little bit of context here uh, okay. because we, when we, when we actually did the acquisition, uh, one of the, um, one of the ask for us is okay. Hey, can you just run? Viptela as a container in the iOS sexy code, right? In that way, it will make it easy and you don't have to wait and we can, we can just sell it immediately. Uh, we said, like, that is not the key motion, we should not do that. And the reason why we did that is uh, twofold. One, we want to do a native integration so that it is available for all the platforms. Mm-hmm. And two, we want to bring the simplicity of what Viptela offers and we want to be true to those principles. So there are three ground rules that we set forward. One, we said like everything that you can do on a device, on a router, can be managed through the centralized orchestration. And two, we said everything that you can deliver, all the capabilities will be cloud delivered. Okay. And three, any capability, Cisco has on-prem uh, uh, customers too, any capability that is there on on-prem will be always on par with what's available on the cloud, right? So we took those three as a three guiding principles for us, so that we can make it easy. That's coming back to your question. We can make it easy for customers who are deploying doing a greenfield deployment. So for them, this is just yet another device. So like earlier, if they are using a VH device, now this is a new isa It's at another endpoint and you get the benefits of cloud-delivered solution, simplicity, and agility with ISR platforms, right? So it it is, it is a perfect fit for your Greenfield de- deployments in there.
0: Nice, so we're not looking at anybody who's adding new sites. If they're an existing, even it sounds like if they're an existing Viptela, Shop and they're expanding now because Cisco had made this acquisition. Or if they're an existing Cisco shop, quite a few of those out there, um, and they're wanting to take advantage of SD WAN, but they've not changed out pre existing sites or something like that, or they're not ready to, but but yet company growth is cooking. uh, This is something that can be done seamlessly. It's in the code. They do not have to make any kind of weird choices in in any kind of interim. Well, and to that point.
1: the, oh, yeah. the continuity if I can interrupt you the continuity there is important so if you are a the scenario that you described if you are existing with telco customers and then you are trying to uh, on your head end branches you are trying to uh, deploy a modular platform or you're looking for van diversity you can have ISRs and in SD WAN everything has to operate as a single network single right. instance network right so you we even in the first release we made sure we have a full compatibility so you can actually switch from your VHS to ISRs and ISRs to VHS, right? So for us, the value is more coming from the software and the endpoint is really up to user in terms of what choices he has. If he's looking for a diversity or modular platform and so on, he can choose ISR. If he wants the simplicity of the hardware, he can still continue with uh, with the VH platform.
0: Excellent. Well, we're getting some questions in, so I want to run some of these past you here. Um, So let's see. If I, I think this is a whole name, Tracy Thurman Scott on Facebook is asking, um, when is the software available? The software
1: is available now. That's so okay. it is, uh, yeah, it is available for download. You can download the software, and if you already have an ISR, uh, you can just download the software and enable uh, enable, the, enable the software on the router, and it will join your SDN you and fabric.
0: Can, uh, can someone play with it a little bit, you know, in terms Absolute. of you download it and you can kind of experiment and test some things uh, before yeah, they do actually go into deployment? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Excellent. So you recommend that? Absolutely. Absolute. Yeah. Play, play, play. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Do what? Highly recommend it. <laughs> highly recommend it. Yeah. Not just recommend it. Yeah, highly recommend it. Recommend it. Uh, all right. Boss on YouTube is asking, um, when you say expecting, oh, excuse me, I got to read closer. Expanding SD-WAN capabilities, well, Expanding SD WAN capabilities to ISR ASR, um, yeah, is that does it mean that this will have equal capabilities as Viptela devices?
1: Yeah, I mean absolutely. Our goal is to make sure. Uh, so we, so I, I told you the ground principles, right? The ground principles for us is everything that we bring in has to work with existing Viptela devices and then any new capabilities that we add will be controlled by vManage and uh, vSmart controller. So when we brought in the capabilities, we made sure that it works with the existing SD-WAN fabric, if you have VH capabilities and so on, right? The, the, the thing that, the point to note here is, uh, if you take a traditional ISR, it has a lot more capabilities, and we did not expose all of them in the first phase. And the reason for that is, we're going back to our ground rules, right? Everything should be cloud-delivered. Everything has to be on par with on-prem or cloud, and everything should be managed through the centralized orchestration. Right. So we brought in all the capabilities that are required for an SD WAN deployment. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there are a lot more capabilities we are planning to bring in into the into the SD WAN fabric.
0: Yeah, because I think your point there is it's extremely mature. What's what's been developed and we've got to roll that out carefully. Uh, Speaking of which, right now, there's more to integrate, right? So um, I know we've talked about this and it's obvious for anybody that looks at the solution, but today, you know, you're managing through vManage, which is the management platform in the cloud. And just to confirm, that platform can be on premise as well in those situations of customers are just really fanatic. But But it's not doing Um, IT'S NOT DOING CONTENT TRAFFIC OR DATA TRAFFIC. IT'S JUST DOING CONTROL TRAFFIC ANYWAY. Uh, BUT IN THE CLOUD, VMANAGE, IT'S STILL GOING TO BE A SEPARATE INSTANCE IN AND OF ITSELF. DNA CENTER IS OUR GOAL. THAT'S THE NEXT BIG STEP IS TO MOVE THAT INTO DNA CENTER BECAUSE THAT'S OUR ONE SINGLE pane OF GLASS FOR DOING EVERYTHING ON THE NETWORK, DAY ONE THROUGH DAY Z. Um, BUT uh, but TODAY, WE'RE REALLY TALKING ABOUT IOS CODE UPDATE TO ACCEPT NOW THE ABILITY TO DO SD WAN ON THAT SAME ISR, ASR, or NCS, no? Uh, yeah, ISR, ASR, ENCS,
1: 1100, ENCS all, the, all the platforms,
0: right. Excellent, love that, love that. Okay, so hopefully, Sreenivas, that answered your question um, on that one. Uh, okay, so let's see. Said is asking, will SDN work instead of MPLS if we're talking about small, medium business? So uh, small, medium business, do they need MPLS at all anymore?
1: Uh, it really, It really depends. Uh, and the probably. reason why I'm saying that is uh, uh, at the end of the day, the Internet circuit uh, offers you additional bandwidth, but the SLS are actually drastically improving, but still not uh, completely overtaking or taking the value away from the MPLS. So if you still have some critical applications which have very tight SLS, you will still need the traditional MPLS, but you will augment it with your Internet circuit. right? So, yeah. in the software of SDN, we are making it better in terms of whether, whether when you look at it in terms of doing path control, there are a lot of techniques and capabilities embedded into the software to make this transition easier and faster. But at the same time, uh, if there is a particular application where you, your business cannot run and there are very strict SLS, you will still have scenarios where MPLS is still very relevant in those deployments.
0: So let me take a stab at this, just to 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 highlight kind of what you're saying there. And you tell me though, if I if I veer sure. off track, I mean, because I mean, we use MPLS uh, one because we've had to, or that was the best way to go previously. But the whole uh, the whole benefit of something like that, especially if you can go back to T one days uh, and such like this, or uh, or ISDN, if you really want to go back. So that's about knowing exactly how much network bandwidth that you have allotted, you know exactly when it fills up, you've got complete control over it. Obviously when we're talking about using the internet, we have much lower costs, but the unpredictability goes up. So we can do a lot in software to mitigate that, but ultimately it's still on the internet, so there's going to be some things that can or can't be controlled. So what you're saying is, is that more than likely someone could probably do a smaller MPLS circuit in certain situations. It really depends on their application traffic. If they've got bandwidth or latency-sensitive applications like voice video uh, or certain um, things that they use within their business that are extremely, extremely uh, important in terms of their response time, but maybe they could go smaller because they know now, especially with the visibility I've seen through through what we can do with SD-WAN, you know how your circuits are being used and so you know where your money's going and is, is it Absolutely. being spent wisely too, yeah? yeah.
1: You, you are okay. spot on in that, right? And okay. more importantly is like the, the critical piece that you need to pay attention is the availability and the SLAs of the internet is also tremendously improving.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. The
1: more it is improving, and on top of it, the software capabilities you are bringing it in, it makes it much more compelling. Earlier, if there are like 40% applications that cannot move to internet, now it will be like 5% of applications that cannot move to internet. So that ratio is actually it's getting better and better, both from software and also from a bandwidth and cost performance point of view.
0: Well, one thing I love, my own experience um, learning more and more about this as we've continued to roll this out, is that. It, it, the visibility that you're offering into what's happening with your application traffic, the way you can probe cloud platforms and such differently um, and really make some intelligent things that we never even would have tried to route before on our own are happening somewhat automatically. Um, and it, it almost makes it fun in the sense that you can you're not guessing at what's happening on those circuits and whether or not it's successful. you can see with good data, in a really clear graphical way in many instances, uh, well, we're not using that, we don't need this, or we're gonna need more of this, or we're trending in a certain direction or whatever, and it's not a mystery, and it's not more than a you know one or two clicks away from sure. having that kind of omniscience, it feels like over your network, whereas before it may have felt a little bit more blind you know, because the routers were all in, historically making decisions on their own, right? Based on their routing, uh, based on the routing protocol, and they're making hop by hop decisions, and it was hard. You didn't have any kind of top down. I can see the whole path. I've tested it. I know what's happening. That's kind of the beauty, I think, really, with what SDN, and especially with the way we've deployed it. It feels like.
1: Absolutely. Just, just, just to add to that, uh, so take the case of uh, SaaS applications, right? Mm -hmm. And SaaS applications, there is much more complexity and much more, way too many unknowns in terms of how the performance will widely vary. So, with Cisco SD-WAN, there are a couple of things that we're providing. One, we're providing deep visibility into how your experience is going to be to the SaaS provider. That, we have a... Complex underlying infrastructure, sophisticated underlying infrastructure, which can actually measure your performance to the SaaS provider from different exit points. Just you can do direct direct internet access from your branch, or you can go to your SaaS provider. Let's take Office 365, right? So we measure, we measure the Office 365 performance from your branch, from your data center, from your regional data center to all the internet exit points that are there in your network. So that's one. We will, then you will get a complete idea of what is user's experience for Office 365. Yeah. So once we do that, you will hold SaaS SAS, uh, providers accountable saying that, okay, hey, here are the SLS that you promised, and here are the SLS that we're getting. Right? That's, one. that's the first aspect of it. The second aspect is we actually do something about it. We, not only just measuring, with the power of SD-WAN, we take the traffic and the flows to the best-performing path let's say your direct Internet access is not doing so well, and your regional data center has a better connectivity and peering to Office 365, we dynamically measure that, and we make make a decision based upon this information in a dynamic fashion, and then we redirect your Office 365 flows seamlessly from your direct Internet access through your data center. And once the, the circuit gets better, we can actually flip back. So, the power is not just about your applications running in your data center. Uh, that's what I said. When, when we looked at Ruprella, the value that it brings is not just about uh, it's the distributed application infrastructure, right? The applications could be in your SaaS, in your IaaS, or it could be your data center or a private data center, right? In all this stuff, we actually measure end-to-end performance and then manipulate the path of the flow so that you get the best possible experience in each, in each of these cases.
0: That's the one that I was kind of referring to that blows my mind because I think that also speaks to the core reason why so many, why everyone is looking to SD-WAN is because industry-wide, you know, we fundamentally had a change in traffic patterns. We're not routing everything back to a central data center. Everything's more distributed. IoT is bringing stuff out to the edge, but then you've got a huge number and companies are sometimes just now coming to the realization of how much they depend on this, but so much traffic is going to the cloud and traditional networks really don't elegantly take in the cloud. And when they do, their cloud access is through the most common, it's like taking the most uh, packed uh, highway, you know, because it's the only way in. You're like, no, 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 you don't have to do it that way. Not only can we test that the road you're going to take is the best one, uh, it's automatically, as you say, choosing on your behalf. But it's just a, it's a a testament to the fact that traffic patterns are completely different than they used to be. And SD-WAN, enables that to be a good thing as opposed to a stumbling block. Yeah? Absolutely, spot on. I wanna ask a question about, cause I think this is a differentiator from a Cisco perspective. And you know, when we think about advice to customers, there's a lot of vendors uh, out there that compete with us that have been doing this faster than we have in terms of rolling it out because we took our time to make sure we're doing it right from a hardware perspective. Um, but in fairness, I mean, there are certain things that you need to look for um, when you're, um, uh, when you're looking at implementing an SD-WAN. And I'm curious, how does Cisco address security? Um, because it feels like there's a lot of different things when it comes to a wide area network that we, in cloud access and, and something making decisions on your behalf about where your network traffic is going. What kind of safeguards have been put in place by Cisco that we would hold up as saying, not only is this important in general, this is unique to Cisco and our ability to do this? Right.
1: So this question is close to my heart. And, yeah. it's going to, <laughs> and it's gonna and it's gonna be a, a long answer in terms of like uh, how we are thinking about the security, right? So, to, to your point, we completely agree how security, how critical security is more than ever, right? Security was always important, but now in this new world where applications are moving to the internet, internet as an alternate transport with SaaS, IaaS everywhere, it becomes fundamentally much more critical to take benefit of SD-WAN. So, when we look at security, there are three the threat vectors that you have to be concerned about. One, you are inside in-threats. Two, you are outside in-threats, and three, the inside out-threats, right? So okay. all these are three d- different threat vectors that are existing for a brand security. Right? When you look at it from SD-WAN perspective, uh, for inside in-threats, for example, if you take you accessing your printers, and the printers can have a written connection, right? But it will be very weird if the printer starts a new connection to your laptop. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's no reason for a printer to do that. So that is yeah. a kind of inside-in thread. Right? With okay. Cisco SD-WAN, you can create with embedded security inside Cisco SD-WAN, you can create policies to, uh, to prevent these inside-in threads. So you can have a clear policy within your network saying, hey, it's okay to have written connections from the printer, but don't allow new connections initiating from your printer. Right. So that's the inside-in threads and there is a whole compliance aspect of it, like how sd address the inside-in in th- inside threads. The second aspect is you are uh, outside-in threads. Like if you have a DDoS attack or so on, how does sd actually protect you from that? Yeah. So that comes in, okay, hey, are you with SD-WAN? Are you lo- locking down your router and just allowing IPsec traffic and are you doing rate-limiting when you have these kind of outside-in threats? So this is something that's fundamentally baked into the SD-WAN fabric, right? The third aspect is even more interesting because it's you are inside-out threats. For inside-out threats, let's say you are accessing a malicious website, a malware can actually get uh, get hold of your laptop, or you are accessing a dangerous website, right, and, it's, and it could be, a, not a direct link, but a, a embedded link out to, to that website. Now, for that kind of inside-out threads, you have Cisco's umbrella, which is actually providing you the protection. and yeah, It's actually integrated them. into the sd fabric. So now, when you have malware, it not only detects it, but it will give you a way to actually block it. Right. Oh wow! So Cisco has one If you are doing uh, you are doing direct internet access, all the simplest thing that you can do is you can use Umbrella as the DNS server for your guest traffic, and all of the DNS requests instead of going to a Google server will go to Cisco's Umbrella. Nice. So in a, in a second you will get a complete threat IQ of your network, saying based upon DNS monitoring, saying like, hey, is any of your user who is doing direct internet access? Uh, is his computer infected? Is there a malware in the system? Is there a command control? Is there a phishing uh, attack? So it can show you complete threat IQ on what is possible, and then you can take actions based upon that. Wow! So the value that the value that we bring in—that's why security is so critical in this new era. It goes mm-hmm. beyond uh, SD WAN, saying like, how do you address brand security? And SD WAN plays a very critical role in embedding those security functions into its fabric.
0: So addressing
1: I think just, both inside-in, outside-out, outside-in, and inside-out
0: uh, threats. And I think you know we make deployment and configuration quite easy. We're authenticating. Uh, there's a certificate mechanism so that new devices are not—they uh, have to be authenticated in. Uh, you know, with a certificate check that's happening there, so that uh, there's a lot of safety and security around how you provision and how you come up, uh, come up to speed. But um, so I like that. I think what you're saying there is security that Cisco is well known for. None of that goes away with regards to this. This is not some isolated thing that ignores Cisco's uh, security capabilities. quite the opposite. You've talked about the umbrella integration. You're talking about uh, a lot of endpoint protection and a lot of natural things that are going to be part and parcel uh, of how this thing is deployed. We're going to go a few minutes over. I hope you're okay with that. And for anybody watching, we're we're, we're right at the end, but there's a couple of questions that have come in here. I want to make sure we don't miss anybody. Um, Let's see. I think... Srinivas, did he ask several questions? Right, make sure I get the right questions here because so I don't have the way on this interface. Um, can we, okay, so which platforms are supported now? You already mentioned that, all ISR, ASR, um, run through them again, make sure. ENCS.
1: ENCS, ISR 1100. So we have a list of all the SKUs that are actually supported with Cisco SGM.
0: Okay, and I'll get to wireless Stu's question in just a moment, but I. it's nice to see he's watching as well. But uh, let's see, okay, so Srinivas is asking, uh, do we no longer require Viptela devices once the software capabilities move to ISR, ASR? Is there, uh, do we, I think he's speaking to, if someone's already got a Viptela V-Edge device, uh, that's still very useful in this situation, Absolutely. so you don't need to throw it out, but there no. could be some good hardware reasons to, to look at the ISR. Absolutely, and also just, okay. just to be clear
1: for people who are deploying victala devices, we are bringing in the software capabilities both on the victala and also on ISR platforms. So for us, the value is more into the software, and you choose your hardware depending upon your needs. Right? Okay. If the hardware, if uh, depending upon your branch needs, if you want modularity, uh, the interface diversity, if you're looking at uh, high performance on the head-end side, the the, the uh, ISR sounds like an obvious reason, right? Mm-hmm. And if you have your simplicity of the hardware, all you are doing is Ethernet connectivity. You will still continue on the on the VH device. In fact, today you can deploy a network with a mix of ISRs and VHs. Right? And we make if you don't actually go into the page and then see, okay, what are the hardware devices connected from the branch? You won't even know, because your policy. You are monitoring, you are troubleshooting, you are zero-touch deployment, everything is pretty much similar to exactly how you do it on a VH device.
0: Very nice, okay, so, so I you know, hope that helps. Um, oh, here's, okay, interesting. Please explain the the main differences between Viptel, you know, our existing SD-WAN, Meraki, and IWAN. Remember sure. IWAN? <laughs> how would you, for sure. someone that's, and, you know, and, uh, Yeah,
1: sure. That's a good question. Uh, yeah. So from, uh, let, let's start with uh, Ivan uh, and uh, Viptela p- point of view,
0: right? So if it.
1: you look at uh, Ivan, uh, and th- this is the critical aspect, it br- it brought us the sophistication. We have a lot of customers who deployed Ivan. It brought us the sophistication. You can do a lot of route leaking and a lot of uh, 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 complex stuff, but at the same time, it did not bring up the simplicity aspect of it. And I say that, because uh, one of the reasons when we evaluated when we bought Vipul at that time we had Ivan we had a very good motion in terms of going to the market. Uh, when we look at uh, cases like is it cloud-delivered at that point it was not cloud-delivered solution so we wanted a cloud-delivered solution. Mm-hmm. Two, we want to have the same level of sophistication with respect to uh, routing and uh, connectivity as we provided with Ivan. And three, when we looked at the the upcoming use cases, uh, where, hey, can we look at segmentation scale? Can we look at uh, workloads moving, uh, connecting the cloud fabric and so on, right on a hybrid cloud architecture? So those pieces, Ivan did not address that. So Wiptala brought in a unique differentiation there for us to go there. So for us, there was always a a plan to actually develop this Mm in-house, but it made it very, The need is now and it made it very uh, obvious that Riptela already brought that architecture. So that's why we brought it in and then we build it up into the Cisco routers. So definitely if the customers are happy with the current use cases, they are continuing. In fact, I do have a large customer base who are on IVAN and continuing to do so. The customers who are looking to actually evolve their use cases into into moving the workloads into Cloud and whatnot, they are actually looking at Riptela architecture. Uh, in fact, recently it's it's a good timing that you asked. Uh, one of the retailers they deployed 1,500 sites with Ivam four years back. Now their use cases have changed. They need uh-huh. uh, high segmentation. Uh, they are moving workloads to cloud, and that's where they evaluated. Okay, hey, virtual architecture makes sense to me from a software perspective. I will move there. And what do I need to do? And here is the answer, right? They just have Excellent. to upload the software. They are using their their hardware and everything else. We are actually reusing their hardware and then uploading it. So definitely, if the customer is looking, is seeing the value in the new use cases, we are moving
0: them. If
1: the customer is going to continue uh, for for some more time, we are they are going, they are
0: free to uh, do so. So that's I win. Sure. And,
1: and from a uh, from Meraki a boom. Meraki aspect of it. So let's talk about the sophistication piece of it. Right. Okay. So, SGVAM is not about uh, uh, just the base connectivity. There are a lot more uh, evolution of use cases. Uh, if you look at the type of topologies that are needed uh, in some enterprises, particularly in the enterprise segment, uh, it's not about the hub spoke of uh, full mesh topologies. You can have partial mesh topologies and you can have much more complex topologies, right? So, yes, that's yeah. Uh, that's where the, the sophistication comes into play. Uh, and For uh, simple dashboard and uh, for having all the single dashboard for UTM and everything together, Meraki plays a very critical role in terms mm-hmm. of addressing their customer base. But if you're looking at uh, cloud connectivity and moving your workloads to SaaS or moving your workloads to IaaS, how you can create this complex segmentation, uh, the flexibility and connectivity, the flexibility part of it, which is, which is, for some customers it might be pivotal, so virtual plays a very critical role there, because yeah. no other SD WAN actually brings the same level of sophistication yet keep keeping that simplicity
0: piece. Gotcha. We're a little bit over time, but I'm going to take one more question, sure, um, because I know this guy, Wireless Stu, is asking a question, so I know he's probably coming in from Canada if he's not on a customer site somewhere. Uh, and he's asking about policies and about, you spoke to security. Obviously, security sometimes, uh, and the things we think about for security, really first start with policies. How are we actually um, um, doing policy management? What platform are we doing that through? Um, And just kind of anything you think is important to address from a policy perspective.
1: Sure. So when we talk about embedded security on the routers, which we are bringing in with, uh, with ISR platforms, the policy will still be managed centrally to, through WeManage. Okay. So you will have a consistent policy framework in terms of identifying the applications, setting the experience policies, setting like path control, optimizations, and so on. Then there are security policies saying, okay, hey, you want to enable ideas, you want to enable uh, Zone based firewall, or you want to uh, enable URL filtering. So, all those are security policies. Everything will be delivered through this cloud delivered platform, which is your VMANAGE, and then managed, orchestrated, monitored through, this, uh, through, through the VMANAGE. Now, there is an important uh, question. So, we have markets where it's an IT initiated buyer. So, the IT guy is actually implementing the policy, uh, whether it is security or or, uh, or network. So, that, for that guy, this is like a blessing, right? So, he doesn't have to go to two wizards uh, to actually manage this and have a consistent way to, uh, to do this. For the other aspect is you have a security initiated buyer where they want to have a separate control in terms of who gets the control and what not. So, we built in our back facilities and we built in okay. capabilities where we can limit the access controls depending upon the roles and so on that is built into the framework so that if it's a security initiated buyer or if he wants to manage security by a different team, you can also do that, right? Excellent, So okay. coming so back to your policy, our yeah. goal is to actually have that simplicity, not just for SD, not just for basic connectivity and experience, but also for security as a whole.
0: Yeah, no, I've been impressed actually, So I'm glad he asked the question as we wind things up here, but I'm impressed with the policy granularity that's available. Um, you know, sometimes I think historically when we're talking about managing a wide area network, we are doing good, um, and, and this is with people, of course, I'm speaking of myself. There's people that are smarter than me. Maybe they didn't suffer the same issues. But I felt like sometimes we're doing really well to manage some of the routing principles and get connectivity uh, running as smoothly and effortless as possible. It feels like so much of that stuff is handled for us now in this type of environment that um, that same ease of use now applies from a policy perspective. And all the tools I'm seeing are in vManage, so that's one part of the answer to that question. Uh, but you're also saying through role, bas- role based access control, or RBAC, uh, you, can, you can siphon that off to areas when that's what's needed because there's an expertise in security and expertise in, uh, in some type of compliance management or perhaps uh, or something like that. Uh, that's not a problem. It's all still through the same singular platform with that same omniscient view uh, and scalable control over the entire network, uh, quite large as well. Yeah? That is great. Excellent. Samantha, I want to thank you for taking the time to, to do the Q&A, take the brave, Persons like yourself to come on and say, "Hey, let's take questions from the internet." That's crazy talk, but um, this was good. I learned a lot, um, guys. I want to thank everybody that's taken time to watch today. Um, I have to give a quick shout out. There's uh, there's some good blogs uh, that are out just recently. You can get to all the blogs for Cisco at blogs.cisco.com. You can read up on some of the details here. Uh, there is absolutely no reason you shouldn't be familiar. This is really big news. You know the headline is it now SD-WAN, with those incredible VIP tele capabilities, is now available with just a simple software upgrade on your writing platform. Uh, you need to take advantage of this stuff. There's no reason to be doing it more difficult. Um, we released a TechWise TV episode at TechWiseTV.com. Uh, you can learn more information there about what's being done here and, uh, and see more of the interface and such, too, if you don't just go out, which, which Samantha already recommended. Just get out and play with it yourself. Uh, all kinds of ways to do that. I've spent a ton of time looking back. I love the fact that Cisco Live um, you can go back because who has time to go to all the potential uh, topics? That's another great resource if you're a registered user on Cisco. Um, with Cisco Live, you can go in there and watch those two hour. You want to get into the details of what's going on here and just be incredibly impressed with the amount of stuff that's happening on your behalf. Behind this interface, you'll know that you're dealing with experts, and I highly recommend that if that is if that is your cup of tea. But uh, Samantha I want to thank you and your team for everything here. Appreciate you taking the time to answer questions. I want to thank the Cisco Chat team, guys. Keep the conversation going. It's hashtag Cisco Chat. Even after we shut this down, this conversation continues. The questions can keep coming in. We'll just get back to them. Probably not in the exact same fashion. We we'll have to track Samantha down. But uh, he's got a big team of experts working with him. My name is Rob Boyd with TechWise TV on behalf of Cisco and Cisco Chat. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you guys.